This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required, points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because when I want my spicy shrimp pad thai, I want it on time. Because, baby, there's no time like the present, especially when it's pad thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. On time, pad thai, baby. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimums apply. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch... Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on, you foxes! Happened in 49, 61, 63, or 69 when they reached the final. But the class of 2021 have delivered. Leicester City are FA Cup winners. Let me bring myself in and then you can see me. Um, what? Welcome back, Leicester. I mean, what what went wrong there? I mean, it was an exciting game, I think, for the neutral. It was end-to-end. Um, 
and we, we just let it go again at the end at 95 minutes into a 94-minute game because 94 was when the, um, uh, you know, the, the, the well, there's four minutes added time and we let them do that. I mean, all right, took a deflection, blah, 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 but we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have been doing, I mean, I mean, do you blame Brendan? Do you? I mean, you know, arguments are if he's going for it, then, you know, he's going to leave himself open at the back. If he doesn't and he goes defensive, then, you know, why wasn't he going for the win? It's <laughs> a bit of a no, lose-lose situation for him. Ah, I'm just... It hurts. I'm not going to deny it. It, it. it hurts. To lose in that fashion hurts. I mean, we were up against a lot better Newcastle team than we played um, earlier in the season. I mean, that you know, you can see that just from the general play. Um, you know, the goal, well, you know, should Smeichel have sat on the ball? <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and I don't know why the referee had to go and look at it, because I thought he was going to give it anyway. But, uh, you know, I... I I'm lost. I am just literally lost for words. And I can see Newcastle fans smiling away in the green room there. Um, and I, I won't, I'm not going to let him on till he stops smiling. I, I, I promise you. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. Find us on YouTube and Leicester Till I Die TV. And if you're watching on YouTube, please do smash the likes, share if you're able to, but most of all, please, please subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening to this on um, podcast, whether that be Apple iTunes, Amazon, Google, Spotify, whatever your favourite uh, platform is, we are everywhere. Um, and we're going to say, KV, welcome back, mate. You put up with me for uh, 90 minutes earlier. Thanks a lot for popping back in. Yeah, I'm, I'm still gutted, mate. I'm still gutted, but well done. And you've got to say, you've got to say, in fairness, well done for Newcastle. They've stayed up. Um, you know, they, 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 they played well. Uh, and we're going to be playing them again next season. So we could probably get our own back then. Bevel, 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 bevel. Apparently, apparently we are, well, we are missing Brad. I don't know where he is. Chloe doesn't know where he is. Maybe we have lost Brad. Um, maybe we should, you know, bring a book out. Where's Brad? Um, who knows? Who knows? KV, quite right there. It's unfortunate for Leicester. A draw was a fair result. I think it would have been. I think it would have been. But like I say, well done to you guys. You didn't give it up. And that's the main thing. You know, maybe we switched off. I, I don't know. It's a bit reminiscent of the uh, Watford playoff. Oh, God, that Shen shivers down my spine. Look, let's get him in. He, he's sat <laughs> smiling away. Yes, you may well do that. Put, put, put your mask on, sir. Put your mask on. Well done. Well done, uh, mate. How are you feeling? You must be feeling happy. Um... Oh, oh, I yeah. can. can. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? I can now. Yes. Yep. Um. Listen, I did this. I did not think it's a good game. I really didn't. I thought it was a poor game to be too right. poor. It was just. It's just like watching. Um. It's watching the. It's like watching the game. Um. Which is a uh, end of season on the beach. To be honest with you. But at the end of the day, 
it's just fine moments while we won the game. It's just Willock can made it happen and did a lovely ball, right? Took a deflection and it fell through to the Bruno, right? That ball could have gone mm. anywhere. But fortunately for us, it went straight to Bruno and you head in the back of the net. But I thought the game today is just like um, a testimonial um, feeling today. I can't lie. I mean, we needed to win yeah. that game. But I, I, I did a watch along uh, with a Newcastle fan, Alex. and I said it did have a feel of one of because you were even if you lost today, you're not going to go down. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, I know mathematically you're not safe, but if you're telling me Everton, Burnley, Watford, and Norwich are going to we going to get enough wins to catch you up, no, they weren't. They're never going to. Nah. We aren't going to. Qualify for Europe, definitely not now. You know, via via the league, and um, you know, our minds on maybe Europe and the semi final coming up. And it did feel to me like one of those dead end matches at the end of the season when mm -hmm. nobody had anything to play for because a win, if we'd won, we would have still stayed ninth. Um, the only the only thing was, like I say, that it did guarantee you staying up, but mm -hmm. you 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 were safe anyway. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, absolutely right. I mean, I totally agree with you. I mean, the thing is, right, I mean, I expected um, goals today. Didn't come. And um, I, was, I thought for the first minute, I thought it was going to be one of those games where it's going to be like, um, you know, it's going to be like a slower-paced game today. I expect a fun dap of both sides today. But I have to agree with you as well. But I think it's like a testimonial game. But um, we're both going to be safe anyway. But... Um, Look, there's some been some good moments, been some bad moments again. ASM, I mean, I like him, but the only good thing he done today was that through ball to Joe Linton, and that was about it today. Again, again, I expect a lot more from ASM, and he was very, he was very isolated at times, though. You know, yeah, he, he was making the, the runs, and there was no other Newcastle player up there hmm. supporting him. Hmm. Yeah, I have to agree, sort of thing. He's doing bits, but. I want to see movement from the ball from midfield, um, you know, helping them out. I mean, there's moments when Shelby put a lovely ball across to him. It's just no one there. It's just no one there. But, yeah. again, but um, I thought the midfield, first half, you control that midfield, Chris, in the first half, yeah. I thought it was very strong yep. races as well. And we just couldn't keep up with you at all whatsoever. But um, I thought defensively we did okay. There's one special person I'm going to mention today. It's not everyone's cup of tea. And I mentioned him yesterday, Emil Kraft. I thought he was excellent today. The second half, I think he defended well. I thought um, that tackle on Lookman was absolutely outstanding, right? He had to get that yeah. tackle right, and he got it right. And, you know, he's not my favourite player. But at the end of the day, last couple of games, I thought he's been playing really, really well. I thought, um, I think he's been excellent. But it's a yeah. shame it took him nearly three seasons to work him out because I watched him Bologna. <laughs> it was just bang average. He's been poor every yeah. single time. He's been targeted every week. But hey, today, I thought he's been excellent today. And now well, Trippier's going to come back in very soon and he's going to lose his place again. So other than that, Leicester, your boys, I thought he played first half. I thought he was really well. I thought it was quite end to end, but hmm. let let let's face he's, he's here. Um, I, I think he took the scenic route. Uh, maybe he hadn't paid his electricity bill. Hmm. Let's face it, we're all hmm. struggling to pay those at the moment, aren't we? Or hmm. or oh, he was he was just asleep because he does like his afternoon naps. He's getting on a little bit now. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's bring him in and say hello, Brad. 
Howdy, mate. No, I was confused by you, mate. You said quarter past, you said quarter two, and then you sent me a link, and now you're already starting. I can't, I can't, I'm not a mind reader, mate. I can't be on time. I can't be late if you don't tell me what you're starting. I think the last one was quarter past, and we were running a bit late because yeah, of various yeah, different no, things. No mm -hmm. worries. I was literally just finishing up dinner anyway, so it gave me a bit of a chance to finish that and just sort, sort everything out anyway. So. Yeah. To be honest with you, that obviously you know it happens, and you, you never know when these games finish how long you're going to need to sort of just generally mm. talk before, um, you know, before before you go live. I mean, explain that one to me. How do we let that one slip, Brad? Poor game management. I mean, look, I don't condone it, but if I have flashbacks to what Shearer stamping on um, Neil Lennon's face in the in, in the late nineties did. Your returns take him out. Take him out of the game. Take him into the stands. Take him down the tunnel with you. Pick him up and throw him into the stand. Just take Willock or, or Maxman, whoever it was. Take him out. One all frustrating. Newcastle do a great defensive job. You take the point. It's frustrating that we can't break Newcastle down, but credit to them. They were a great side in that second half. Uh, they clearly exploit the fact that we don't have a plan B and stuck their jobs well. You won all the way from home. He flicks the ball past you. He makes a mug yeah. off you with his great touch. Yori, take him out. Take the yellow card. Mm. Take the card. All right, maybe even a red card because you take him out. But if you take him out cleverly, as they say, yeah. you get a yellow card for that. Just take him out. Game ends. One all. We shake hands. But eight credits to Newcastle. They did a top one to us and we deserved it. We got what we deserved by not finding that cutting edge in the second half. So, yeah. better place to John. Your team staying in the Premiership. But, uh, yeah, this you. is it, you know. I mean, I said at the start, it, it it felt very much. I mean, it was a bit end to end at times, and it's. Uh, I don't. I know John didn't seem to. Think, I was. I thought it was. You know, wasn't a boring game by 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 any means, but it oh, did yeah. have that feeling of a end of season game. You know, we're not going to get into Europe really by uh, by the league. We were sort of. You know, I was perhaps fooling myself thinking we might go on a run, uh, mm. but we're not going to go down. It's the same for Newcastle. Yes, this does guarantee that they're staying up, but at the end of the day, they weren't going to go down. There's four teams worse off than mm. them this season. We know who they are. Um, yeah. I think it just had that feel about it, really. I mean, Luca says here, good evening, Luca. How the devil are you, sir? He says, um, Leicester are focusing on the Conference League. Do you think that was at the back of our minds? Um, I think it could be really sort of thing because um, Leicester is not going to win uh, getting the top six. They're not going to win a trophy this season, but they're going for the Europe, um, the, the conference as well. So Roma is going to be a tough game for you guys. I mean, Roma are playing much better now under Jose Mourinho. Yeah, but yeah, it could be that. I think it could be that. I think they're going to try and win for a trophy sort of thing. That's why they arrested um, Lee Madison as well. He didn't start today. Didn't Harvey Barnes, Jamie Vardy didn't play. The only big guns really didn't play at all, but. Look at the end of the day, but I look, I enjoy the game to a point, yeah. But um, mm. happy for three points, but I take the three points over the performance any time of the yeah. day. But oh. five home wins straight, right? And that is absolutely fantastic. Eddie Howe's done a wonderful job at that football club as well, whatsoever, as well. But for me, I think he'd concentrate more on the conference. He did try, but he had a few chances as well, by the way. Not much, mm. no. Would you agree with that, Brad? Do you think our minds were on the conference? Uh, we've been saying for a few weeks that juggling both is going to be difficult and at some point Leicester are uh, going to have to 
push all their eggs into one basket. And it, it kind of hurts a little bit today with more frustration because you look at the result, you look at West Ham struggling to a point, you know, against Burnley. And, and again, it makes it look even worse because they, they, they're they doing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, like, like, like we've been doing it. And then they show today that it's taken it out of their team. Um, mm. And they've got a point against Burnley, in, you know, in the end. Are you just thinking if we hold on to that point and there's no damage done, or if we could have found that winner, you know, both still is is a little option. Yes, I think even even if Brendan was to sit here and give him true serum, he would have honestly said before this game that the focus is 60-40 on preparing and making sure we're fully fit and rested and ready to go for Roma. But we didn't hide away from the fact that Despite the point gap, you know, mm. we we were still looking to get sixth place, and mm. it's just unfortunate that today's that's killed it off. It's killed yeah. it off. I, th- I think it, for me, yeah, we, I don't think we're going to even sort of be able to get into the uh, Europe of or Europe places by the league. Uh, uh, David says here, um, and we'll look at the teams now. He says, I think we were just rotating because of so many games. That was definitely right. Uh, I don't begrudge Rogers changes as we had two uh, issues for me. No true presentation other than Fafana and KDH. Who else can tackle? I mean, looking at these teams, we'll come to you first, John. Mm-hmm. How pleased were you with the um, starting lineup for Newcastle? I know uh, Alex, who did the uh, um, watch along with me, he, he he was he was pleased with your team. Yeah, I was pleased as well. I mean, Ryan Fierce is um, out of a hamstring. Um, media's coming, which I'm pretty pleased about. I think the four three three formation is absolutely perfect. That formation is absolutely perfect. Bruno in the midfield with Joel Linton and John Shelby Shelby coming. I would like to see Willock starting the game. Um, type hmm. Shelby's yes, but at the end of the day, Eddie Pete has got to get themselves right. But um, look, I'm yeah. happy with the team, but I certainly wasn't very happy for the first half an hour. So if we've got overrun in the midfield, but yeah. we certainly fixed up after that. We tried to play football in a way, and um, we played a bit better. But yeah. if you look at the equalizing goal, we come on to in a bit, I'm sure. But formation yeah, we'll, we'll, wise, we'll, we'll come on to the yeah, John. Sorry, we'll come on to the goal in, yeah, in, in a second. Um, yeah, yeah. Our team, Brad, um, surprised to see Perez back, but I mean, he didn't. He, he, he was he, he looked okay in that game. Um, he, he, he got an assist again. Um, what surprises me looking at that 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 lineup there is that Tillemans uh, was as high as he was on seven point five. But what did you what did you think of the starting lineup? I didn't see anything wrong with it. We, no. we expected changes from the Thursday night. Um, I don't like it when they compare changes from a from a different comp- cup competition game. Yeah. I think you should always look at the the eleven that played against um, Crystal Palace and see how many actual changes we made to a. Well, that virtually game. was the the Palace eleven but, bar Perez, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we yeah. didn't actually make any massive changes in terms of that. We did what any team does, and that and that and, that, and that's that's something I'll give credit for. It's something we've been starved of the opportunity to do this season. Normally, yeah. when, we, when we've had to make eight changes, it's because six of them are enforced and the other two are playing with injuries. It's not normally a case of because we can rest them, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of showing, it's kind of showing this season because if, if that's how Leicester were able to have gone through the whole season, you might have saw a bit more stamina and a bit more 
drive about the players that were playing today because there was at times you could see where they looked a bit like they were blowing smoke out their old rear and they were looked a mm. bit you know drawn because that's because they've just not been afforded much game time or they've been out injured and so they've not yeah. played many matches but I did not expect that team to not come away with anything from St James's part today it's, it's, a, it's a pretty strong lineup. and I mean, Dewsbury Hall, I mean, how many he's playing every game at the moment. I mean, I know he's young, but you know, the guy's gonna gonna run out of steam soon, isn't he? Oh I mean I hope not. Because I No, no I hope not, but you know. But maybe that's an area in, in in depth we'll look to strengthen next season because we're gonna lose Yori. Mark's a place that now, even if we win the conference accounts is keeping him. Um mm. I'm surprised that Yori played. Yeah. You remember early in the season where James Madison was probably because of past memories and what he did the season before, he was afforded probably two or three games more than he should have been afforded to keep his place. I think today would have been ideal to put Chowder in there mm. because the role Yori's been given over the last three or four games is that holding midfielder. He'll step back and help Mendy and he'll get the move started, but he won't always drive forward with it. And I think you could have afforded playing Hamza today, gave him some rest, gave him extra time to recover. Newcastle fans don't like Hamza, so, you know, because of that tackle uh, a few seasons back. So maybe that's why he didn't keep him out of it, but then he plays Perez and you don't like him. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I just felt they maybe may have been a cause where, where Brendan goes, you're eh, I'm going to play childhood. I'm going to take you out of the limelight. I'm going to let you recover a bit more. And because we've got an important game on Wednesday, um, yeah, to kind of bounce back from this, yeah, uh, this defeat against, and it's going to be hard going to Goodison. We don't have the best of records there. Well, it certainly is because they've not played for about two weeks. It seems. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it seems like Everton yeah. have been the most luxurious side this year. I think they've played about two yeah. games over Christmas. Yeah, six weeks off since then, but yeah, you know, I, I maybe would have thought let Yori rest, get his head straight, work with him a bit off the training ground a bit, get him refocused on the job in hand. Mm-hmm. Nick a point against Newcastle, maybe a different result today if that happens because I think Chowdhury just takes him out and puts that ball out in that scenario, uh, and then put him in for Wednesday. But it is what it is, maybe, yeah. maybe that's something we need to learn to stop giving. Yeah extended chances to these players when they're not informed because yeah mm. I, know, I know what you're saying I, I don't know what you're saying john um chris wood usually has a goal against us um i didn't i, I didn't think he had a particularly good game today though did he he was taken off mm. um you didn't get the service that's the thing and if you don't get the service from from up front what you have to do, you have got to drop back deep and help out sort of thing. He didn't even do that neither sort of thing. But mm. I wanted him to do well for Newcastle, but I thought today he should have had that. He had a head in the first half. He just should have put away. When a lovely cross for Joel Linton, after hard work, pulled it back and Wood had that header, went for the near post header and it just didn't come off at all. So that mm. was his best and early chance. But other than that, he didn't do much today. And, you know, when you're a striker, you have to do more. If you can, yes. drop deep, help out sort of thing. But um, he didn't really do that today. But I've got a lot of people saying that um, in a pressing team, he does pressing a lot. But today, it just wasn't this day. And um, yeah. Eddie was right to take him off in the end. 
Uh, Brad, I, mean, I want to, a couple of players I want to speak to you about, and then we'll look more in depth at the match. Um, Tillemans, first of all, and we haven't we have mentioned him. Uh, you, you know, Jason, who, who obviously joins us every now and again, he was absolutely breathing fire about him at the end of the uh, watch along. Um, you know, he, he he should be dropped now. He's on his way. Why are we playing him? Blah blah blah. Just on Tillemans, was he that bad? Or is it a case, as, as I actually said during the show, sometimes with those sort of players, are we expecting, because of who they are, too much week in, week out? And, that uh, you know, his, his sort of normal game, you know, how can I put this? I don't know if you know what I'm trying to say here, but, you know, yeah. because he's that our, our top player, is it, are we expecting too much of him, Brad? Was he that bad today? Um, look, I'll touch on it more in my um tactics segment, but our indecisiveness doesn't help him uh, and doesn't help us as a team in general. I think Leicester fans are right to be expecting of him because he is a talent and I'm sure yeah. he had higher expectations of his own performance today. I never ever want to hear somebody telling me that Yuri Tillemans is not playing to put in a performance and he doesn't care because he does care and he does, but. Whilst, whilst I can maybe excuse for the last couple of games that he's been given a different role, which, like I said, is that holding midfield. He's he, he's one that we prefer to see sat up front, up, up higher up with Madison, don't we? We've become yeah. quite accustomed to them being either side of our own striker, sitting behind the wingers and being involved. And he's not really allowed to do that in the freedom that he, he's used to. Um, because of the injury to Ndidi, maybe it's still a lack of trust in Mendy. I don't, I, I don't utterly know. I just think maybe he's getting analysed more and hyper criticised more because he's leaving, because there's let you know just over twelve months left to his contract, because he's not signing a new deal, uh, and maybe maybe more unjustified. He's the scapegoat this season, and I don't like it because. It's not his fault that he is ambitious and wants to play. He loves Leicester and would want to stay here if we're matching our ambitions. And 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 has not yet ruled out sitting down with him in the summer and saying, OK, I've signed a contract. I want a release clause for a Champions League club. They come into me. I'm off. Thanks very much. He's not going to throw his toys out of Pamela with Mahrez. We've been saying it for 12 months prior to this. We should be enjoying it. We should be embracing it. And maybe there's a part of him that is needs a Madison. He needs that taken out, giving them two or three games, especially coming before Roma, because I think we've got we've got Everton and then I believe Aston Villa, don't we? I mm-hmm. could be wrong, it might be yeah. different round. Take yeah. him out for them two games, right? And unless someone has the performance of a lifetime that isn't Kieran Dewsbury Hall, get him on for the last 10, 15 minutes against Villa. Or hold him back and and let him loose against against Roma and let him have that freedom. Stop being. I I, I can understand he needs time out and he didn't have his best of games, but maybe don't over criticise him just because of all the circumstances surrounding him as a person. Because he still he still gives it that he's still cheering, he's still encouraging his teammates, applauding them, he's still patting the badge. So he is focused on doing all he can whilst he still remains a Leicester player. Do not question his commitment to this club. Because while he puts on a shirt, he's always committed. 
just because it's not going right on the pitch doesn't mean that's the difference. There's a difference between things going wrong on the pitch and showing you're not committed. Because if you're not committed, Rogers will put him on the bench and he won't play for the rest of the season. And I just don't yeah. see that in him. I mean, let me just show you this picture that I found uh, earlier. And I posted it. You've probably seen it already, Brad. It went on Twitter <clears> and Facebook. <throat> but this was the, the, this player that some people are saying isn't concerned for us, isn't bothered for us. This is him and Ricardo after, at the end of the uh, of the PSV match. Uh. Now, you tell me. You know, and as John, as an outsider, does that does that player tell him? Does he look unhappy there? Doesn't sound like it, does he? I mean, he seems that <laughs> and he's enjoying himself. Yeah, uh, you know, people that... people might say, "Oh, he's happy because they won the game," but. Um, hmm. As I said, in I think Tillemans loves Leicester City. He really does because um, at the end of the day, I mean, he's gone to an ambitious club, and Leicester are an, are an ambitious club. And you know, if he wanted to, he wanted a way from Leicester. He would have done it last season. But look, end of the day, I mean, he seems to like it there, and um, it's a big club. And um, yeah. I think I know he's got two months left on his contract at the end of the season, so mm-hmm. that's going to be tough to keep. And I think as long as Spender Rogers still there at the club, I think it will stay because at the end of the day, I think for you guys it might be a blip. Mm-hmm. But next season, it's got to be a big, big season. You need to get players going to improve your team. But look, for those pictures, listen, I think um, the guy looks happy, and um, I hope he stays because um, Leicester fans loves him. And um, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, Brad, as as Scott said there, you know, he has, um, he's played a lot of games, hasn't he? You know, he's he's not being rested. Uh, And, you know, I know we sort of say about, well, they should be able to play two games a week, but it is tiring. You're taking knocks uh, and he is playing, you know, he's being asked at the moment to do a role that isn't him. We want to see the Yuri that, that gets the goal in the cup final, that goes forward. That yeah. you know, puts those you know brilliant passes through, and he's he's being asked, I think, at the moment to do you know not do that job, and I think that's possibly why people are disappointed in him. Yeah, and, and what you forget is midfield, especially midfielders, and I will say this more about midfielders because because more today, more in today's game, you see a striker told to hold that high line. We don't really want you trying to get the ball back in our own half. I know Barley does it, and there is some out there that. Cameron like 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 they're powered by Duracell, but most notably you you high line, you're jogging back, you're not really doing much. But midfield's the workhorse, it's the big cogs in, in, in the team. They're the ones that transition from defense to attack, they're the ones that recover the ball, they're the ones that try and are always trying to get your team on the front foot playing positive football. And here's here's the thing that may again let's let's just for a moment pretend that Tillman's has got three years on his contract and there's no transfer talks, there's no talks about him moving away and then let's think about what happened over the last three seasons he does suffer from burnout and that might just be natural of him that he has a slightly lower stamina ability because last season he went missing for five or six games where he looked knackered all the time he couldn't seem to run Mm. the season before he had the same issue he was playing week in week out game in game out and then he went off the boil not a whisper but, but you know if you take out but it's funny if you don't mention, like you know, like you know, like you know, like Basil Fox, you don't mention the war, classic clock interruption there. Um, yeah, in 40 towers. If you don't mention his 12 months or more on his contract, it suddenly brings a pattern. You notice there's a pattern with Yuri. I saw it at the Euros, 
well, he's obviously going to try for his country as best as he can. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's some players, they don't have the greatest of Stanimo. They're a machine and can pass the ball around and do things on the ball when they're great. And John's trying not to laugh listening to the clock. I can tell he's desperately <laughs> trying not to. <laughs> but, um, you know, Sorry. we have to appreciate the fact that you do have a midfielder like, you know, like a Lutman who can run up and down, run up and down, run up and down, and he never, and Jews before, and run up and down, run up and down, and they never seem to lose an ounce of energy. Mm. You know, Shinji Okazaki is another one where there's an attacker that was like that. But sometimes you've got somebody who just, he's like calmness. He'll get the ball in a difficult situation, he'll wriggle free, he'll make a pass, and then he'll jog his way forward because mm. he's anticipating maybe losing the ball and he's got to pick up and restart the attack. He's not somebody that we ever, ever... Can you ever remember seeing regularly Yuri Tillens making a long burst in 30-yard run and then strike one to the top corner? Because I don't. He's normally hanging around that edge of the area, waiting. Yeah. And that's what people maybe need to understand of what kind of player Tillemans is. Yeah. I mean... Sorry to drag that out. I was just trying to... Um... I, well, I was—I was going to say I was about to time you out, bum bum. <laughs> <laughs> the other—the other player that I want to talk about, um, and we'll, I'll quickly come to uh, to John on this one uh, because it's um, well, your ex-player here, Mister mm -hmm. Perez. Um, whenever I say to a Newcastle fan, as I said to you on your show yesterday, I said to Alex on the. Um, Watch along today. We've still got the receipt, but nobody wants <laughs> nobody wants him back. From an outsider's point of view, I mean, it was obviously, I suppose, if anybody was going to take off, be taken off first, it was going to be him. But what did you think of his performance from a Newcastle point of view, first of all? Um, I thought um, he set the first goal, didn't he? But from a corner, he did that flick, didn't he, to Lookman? Was it him? Who was yeah. it? Sort of because I must yeah. have missed it. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's the only thing good thing he'd done today. He worked hard. I give him that. And um, but at the end of the day, sort of thing. I just thought he had a a part a, a, a quiet game apart from that flick. But um, would I take him back? Definitely not. I wouldn't take him back. I'm sorry, but you know. But yeah. um, he wanted to. But if you buy, I think isn't it sort of law, Brad? That if you buy something, you keep the receipt and it's faulty. Yeah, I know he I know he played well on Wednesday, but that was 20 minutes in three and a half seasons, guys. You know, yeah, yeah, that said, Brad, I mean, what a cheeky back heel that was for Lockman. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, talk about training ground routine paying off, um, because. It seems like something Leicester really want to expose them in corners. We got the goal similar to it in PSP in that area in the box when Madison was left free to lash it into the net, and it, and it, and it happened again today. Yeah, it took a deflection and and whatnot, and somehow wiggled its way in. But mm. you know that that's 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 how it goes when you create them spaces and give yourself them opportunity. You know the odds are more in your favour to to find the back than that. And look, I I. I actually feel sorry for Paris because I think he had a good game. And again, I'll yeah. talk about it later on the tactic board, but we deprive that right side. Once we get into an attacking sense with Justin, if he doesn't gallop past the right winger and try and cross the ball in, 
we switched it to the left, and then Perez is sat there, and Madison sat there going, there's no point. There's no point me playing out here, because I'm never going to see the ball. I see the ball once in a blue moon, I do something with it, and I don't see it again for the rest of the game. And I have to, I do feel a bit of grief for him, because I felt the effort and the running he did today to try and get him behind Newcastle, especially in that, in, in, in that first half, wasn't rewarded with faith of, all right, maybe we'll try more attacks down the right because that's what you mm. must feel like as a player that you keep seeing the ball uh, when you're in space and, and trying to get him behind and you're waiting for the ball to get played over the top or given to you so you can drive at them and you're seeing them making three passes as they slowly drag it back out to left. If I was Perez in that situation, I'd be going, Gaffer, Gaffer. I know normally when I play, it feels like we've got 10 men, but you're making me feel like I'm not needed. Can I come off, please? Because he didn't see the ball. We never played it down that right side with any attacking and aggression, minus mm. that goal. And I, I do feel for him. And you know my thoughts on Perez. And I always yeah. be honest with them when it comes to it, all joking yeah. aside about my Perez uh, problem that I have. I do feel for him today because it's not like he, he was the reason he underperformed. He didn't actually no. underperform. He just wasn't given the chance to perform. Yeah, yeah, no. And and in fairness, I think it it was one of his better, you know, performances. If I'm honest with you, and at the end of the day, he's come off and he has got a um, an assist to his name. Yeah. Um, so you know, uh, I mean, I've talking talking of Perez. I mean, who 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 could hear us talking about Perez all the way over in America? Brookline. Yeah. <laughs> Devil are you. Hey. you. He's, he's Paris's biggest fan. <laughs> Hello, sir. Uh, we played without a striker today. Poor Dakar does not know how to make runs or hold up the ball. Oh, I think that's a bit a bit unfair. Do you remember the Moscow game? I mean, I think I think you just got to you've just got to say, and I said this the other day, when you buy a player, especially from abroad, it's a whole new ball game when it comes to this country. They will either fit in straight away, as Fafana did do. It's a sink or swim, you know, throwing the baby in the pool at the deep end. Fafana definitely swam. Sumar is kind of sinking, and he's, he's taking a bit of time to get used to it. And I think I think Dakar is as well. But let, let's talk that that goal from a Newcastle point of view. Were you disappointed to concede that first goal? Um, I thought Leicester grew into the game, but um. From my point of view, I thought it was poor defending. I mean, I think you look mm. at the corner of the game, look where ASM is, right? He could have, once that first, first touch was there, he could have pressed. Yeah, he was all yeah. alone and he just stood there. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying, you're not allowed to go at ASM. They think it's a star boy. ASM, star boy. Wasn't star boy today, wasn't he? Well, it was, right? The corner came in, right? And um, he just stood there when the ball went past him. And then, what was the defense doing? They allowed Lookman. He was closing them down. No one didn't close them down at all. And it went through the players and into the back of the back of the nets. Dubraka tried to keep it out, but at the end of the year, it went straight in the back of the nets. But I have to yeah. question the defense. And I think ASM could have done a little bit more by pressing as soon as that corner had been taken. Because they I knew he was going to take a short corner. All I was to do, at least try, just try and press. And he didn't. I've got so to when be honest came, with you. You may have known we we're going to take a short corner. I've never seen Leicester do that, and I don't know how long of you, Brad. And never, not in it no, come man. off as well. No, no. And, and again, it seems like something that Brendan's trying to, and, and with great success in recent games, obviously PSB, and despite the results today, it works against Newcastle. We seem to try and, and, and kind of 
stuck teams mm. into that corner of the box to drag the defenders away, to allow that space in the middle of the box, to allow a Madison to or a Lutman to run onto it and, 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 and hit it in, in the net. I, I, it's clearly something we've worked on. I mean, considering we've probably been one of the worst teams this season. In fact, I would go as far as we've been one of the we have been the worst team this season from and and against set pieces because we either yeah. concede them or we're rubbish from them uh, in terms of, of of attacking them. But no, it was it was not something I saw until literally that split second and the run just started. And the only reason I think he wasn't pressed so much is when you make a run so quick uh, in that motion that Perez did and the angle that he's running at. If the defender or a midfielder tries to get in front of him and nick the fault, nick, nick, nick his foot in front of him, he gets it wrong. Perez goes down; it's a penalty. Yeah, and I, 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 you know, if Perez, if Perez gets a nudge there and he feels something, he's like, go down; it's a penalty. And it's the same in the other box. I'm not disputing that. If you know, if Newcastle did that, and that happens, and sometimes I think that indecisive, that split second of a player deciding, do I and potentially give away a penalty, or do I try mm. and sort it out? wherever the flick goes and you know it costs but it, it was a nice touch from Perez though wasn't it yeah it was and yes. um he's obviously like again it's obviously something that he's got a few players working on because we've seen that Justin and, and Ricardo like to drive that byline and cut him don't they so it's obviously yeah, something yeah. that Leicester have been trying to do and have got success over the years probably doing it and we've just seen it more in a flux recently yeah. because they don't seem to want to attack the same way down the right as they do down the left and of course, we went one nil up, and of uh, course, in typical typical Leicester form, um, this happens. Uh, <laughs> one one all. Um, did you? I mean, I don't know what what the um, what what VAR was looking at. I mean, from your point of view, uh, John. I mean, it was a it was a it was a fair goal, wasn't it? Um, you know what it is? I watched it back time and time again for that far, and I couldn't see any reason why and the goal shouldn't be disallowed. But listen, it was a goal. I mean, he went for it. I yeah. mean, he didn't take out Casper, did he? He just went for the ball, kept his eyes on the ball. He got the ball first into the back of the net. It's as simple as that, yeah? But mm. had that happened to us, right, all the Newcastle fans would have gone on meltdown, yeah? They would have gone on meltdown. As long as you get the ball first... Then the player, that is cool, yeah? Clear got mm. the ball. He just got the ball first. Casper also looking. And um, when he went to Gabba, sort of thing, hey-ho, in the back of the net, happy days. So it was definitely a goal. I was telling him, watch along. You can't disallow that because um, it was a perfectly legitimate goal. And I'm not being biased, but I'm just calling it how it is. And it yeah, was definitely no, a goal. No, no, so. no. I mean, I watched that. And when I look back on the VAR, Brad, it was sort of they were checking, seemed to be checking two things. I think somebody was sort of climbing up on a Marte, um, which I don't don't think he was. And then they were looking at that Schmeichel um, going down. I mean, Schmeichel's fault that Schmeichel at fault for that, Brad, or should he have collected it? Or yeah. I mean, if it had gone the other, there had been a goal for Leicester. I would have been saying, what the hell is VAR looking at? The, the problem is, and I don't know if you saw this, it might it might have not happened on your stream, but there was a, there was like a third VAR check and that came back positive. And it's positive that the refs are incompetent because VAR is <laughs> used for clear and obvious. And yes. I had a meltdown. Like John said, if it was Newcastle fans, I had a meltdown because the replay I showed, it looked like Bruno had kicked Casper 
at the first attempt and then cleanly got the ball the second attempt. That wasn't the case. I'm glad it was used right for a change, but yes. the incompetence that it took seven replays and then they told him to go and look at the screen to correct his decision just made it worse. That probably what set me off on a meltdown thinking, how the you know they've gone this, of course they've get the goal now because it's clearly a foul, but they can't be asked to make my, you know, blah, 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 yeah. reeling it off. But in the end, I, my only, Casper's at fault is very weak. My only concern, my only thing is I will bring it back to is if, if, if that's a goal, which it is rightly, and it's not a clear and obvious, and it's been given in the end through a clear and obvious mistake by the referee, what was clear and obvious is about in the app show at Old Trafford to get that looked at so many times and checked. Shouldn't it just shouldn't it just have been a case of, well, you know, that's football for you and, you know, you could be moaning getting a bad decision, we be moaning getting a good decision in one game or whatever. But at the end of the day, fair is fair. I saw another angle of it eventually. The same angle I kept seeing. Had the referee not it. given it then? Had he... Because I thought... No, I don't think... Know. I hadn't thought he made a decision. I just thought, well, it's a goal. No, he... I mean, he, he VAR was just looking bad. at it because it's a goal. No, he, 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 he gave a foul. He gave a Did foul, he? Right. he thought he'd kicked out at Casper first. But finally, when they figured out which angle was best to show the referee, you could actually see that he does get the ball first. Just It is contact with Casper, but I'm a goalkeeper yeah. and I will tell you that, that, that that's a fair goal. Yeah, no, I mean, I I, I, I was surprised. And fair dues to the referee, because normally yeah. they don't... Uh, that they go yeah. with, um, don't change the mind. So fair dues yeah. to him. Um, My uh, only and... point though was, I actually did think it was a foul on Amati. I don't see why he's clattering into Amati. He's got no reason to clatter into Amati. Amati's oh, static. Amati's watching the ball because he's got no way of winning the ball. Why is the Newcastle player charging into him? I, that that one I have a little bit of gripe with. But in terms of the actual goal itself, Bruno does nothing wrong. He should stand on no. that basis. But I have he a grind flying into a Marty. I don't see why no. that's not a foul because he's... No. At the, all I, was saying, I think if it was at the other end, we would have been screaming for the goal. And I think that that's how yeah, I do yeah, yeah, If yeah, I'm screaming yeah. for the goal, then, yeah, I kind of presume it must yeah. be a goal. And I, I appreciate you. We're only coming on for five, John, and you've been with us for quite a while. But So I'll let you go. But I just want to ask before you go, the last the, the last-minute goal... A bit of luck in, involved because you, uh, it, I think it took a deflection onto Bruno and then you know made it easier for Bruno, but yeah. he took it well. And I mean, do you, if if that was if that was Newcastle, you know, do you go mad because your team's been caught at the back because they were still trying to go for the winner themselves, or? Um, do you go mad because, like I say, you know, you, you weren't defensive? I mean, you can't win with that one as a manager, can you? Not really, no. I mean, um, Leicester tried for the win. And, um, mm. you know, we've gone blow career for Willock, made great run from Willock, put the ball in, took a deflected um, cross, and then it fell to Bruno. That ball could have gone anywhere. And um, thankfully, it went to him and into back in the net. But you're right. I mean, I mean, I, I'm out of teams that goes for a win. Right, that means you're having a goal. But if you get caught mm. late on, then you get caught and you let a goal in. Then, well, what can I say? But if you're winning, if my team was winning, right, with the 95th minute yeah. going for the second goal, we get caught and then you came out us and you score from it. You got to blame. Who do you blame? We had a goal. We was trying to get a second goal. We tried, but yeah, people are going to say, "Hang on a minute, you should have put it to the corner, take it to the corner, and hold, wasting a couple of seconds as well." People, but. At the end of the day, 
I mean, luck for once came our way. And mm. what a way to win it. Like, you know, what a way to win. Did we deserve to win it today? I don't think none of us deserve to win. But at the I end of the day, we got three yeah. points. We got we won it because we had a goal. And mm. it was a lucky three points. But we worked hard for it. We worked hard for the three points, yeah? You earn and your own luck, mate, in football. You earn your own luck. Exactly. If it ever happened other way around, and Leicester scored for the 90th minute, for me personally... Out of the two teams, I think Leicester would have deserved to win because I think you have more of the ball and you were better with the ball as well. And mm. our passing the day wasn't great. I can't lie. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. And um, yeah. yeah, luck is on our side for a change. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And, uh, you know, like I say, congratulations on the win. Uh, congratulations on staying up, uh, which, you, you know, I think you're guaranteed to now. And we look forward to seeing with you playing you next season. So uh, before you go, just give a shout out where everybody can uh, where everybody can find you. Yeah, sure. Thank you very much for having us on, guys. But I really appreciate that. And I love your Cheers. channel. I think your channel is fantastic. And both Thank guys you. speaks a lot of sense. Um, okay, um, on Twitter, it's John Sinclair or John underscore AMSC42 on Twitter. You can also watch us live as well on YouTube, John Sinclair TV, also John Sinclair TV on my Facebook and on Insta, John Sinclair50 on Twitch. The same, what can I say? John Sinclair TV again, and I try to work on TikTok as well, which is the same, John Sinclair. And, and your, your name is. <laughs> Alan Shearer <laughs> Mate, Alan thanks, thanks very much for coming on like I say it does hurt but congratulations on the win and like I say you're up and we'll see you next season well done mate congratulations to you guys and um, good luck for the rest of the season brilliant Cheers. thanks very much all the best mate Take care. all the best to Take you guys care. thanks Alice. Cheers. Bye -bye. Cheers. Yeah, bye 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 that second goal, Brad. <laughs> I know. Clear him, clear him out. Yuri just clears him out. Game over. Oh, Sorry. I'm still fuming. No, you sometimes have to. I mean, I didn't. I'm just looking then. I missed the Amati booking in the first minute because I was still setting up. And, yeah, and Mendy got booked in the 96th minute. Uh, I mean, I don't know what Mendy got booked for. I didn't see it. Maybe just. For that, I mean, actually, you mentioned Mendy. It was his fault when Marty got booked. He really did sell him short on 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 a back pass. He was stretching for it. If he, he didn't get anywhere near enough, and then Marty made a smart foul. Now, mm. going back to that, Marty got a yellow card. When you could maybe argue last man he's potentially for a goal. There wasn't any malice in it. There wasn't. It no. was it was one of them clever gamesmanship fouls. Now mm. I don't understand. I can't. I can't. I can't understand. Why Yuri didn't do the same? Yeah. Because I'm with you and John on that one. Yes, your team wants to go and win the game. But if you lose the ball in that situation, take him out. Mm. Take him out. Because deflection or not, better luck or not, we were outnumbered, we were stretched. They had the press for midfield. It's how they got the goal. Take him out doesn't happen. We come away with a point. We're no worse off than what we were before we started the game. We're happy. We continue the momentum. We have the positive result to go with it. It's not the three points you wanted, but it's the point no. that probably both teams did deserve at the very least. Yeah, yeah. And again, just like we didn't do it against Spurs. I'm having flashbacks now. I might need to 
Right. All right, that was giving me flashbacks of the Watford playoff well, semi final. Yeah, again, it just seems a little bit less the way that we were so eager to try and get that ball back and control it on our terms that in the end we made their goal for them. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. you have to, I mean, they, they say, don't they, take one for the team? And yeah. I think. I think I think Tillemans could have done that. All right, so he gets sent off. He misses Everton. You know, wow. Um, or he probably gets a book in. I don't know, but yeah, you know, yeah. If he does it, yeah, if he does it straight away, he probably does get a book in. If the yeah. second he knows he's losing that battle, he just takes him out to the side. The referee might go. It's the end of the game. I can't bother. Have a yellow. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Have a yellow for Europe. Europe. You know, but yeah. You know, maybe he's just he's just too nice. Uh, Luca um, Rogers in. He's always been Rogers in. Um, yeah, I mean, I Rogers has got us a top half finish. Um, by the look of it, we're in the semi-finals of a European competition. When was that last time that happened for Arsenal? I can't think. No, I, no, no. I mean, you know, that that silence says it all, doesn't it? Really, yeah. you know. As you say, and, silence is golden, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> how was your weekend, uh, Luca? In fact, how was your last week? Was it three? They've lost three on the trot. That is three on the trot. I saw Anthony yes. comment at the end of your watch long. Um, Come on, Brighton. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, so, I, obviously, I let um, John go because I said he was only going to come on for five minutes. Uh, I know these aren't sort of, you know, you, you, you're not overly fussed at all with the um, uh, with the stats. But, I mean, 70% to us. I mean, our passes, and, and this is what gets me really, Brad, and I'd love to see your thoughts on this. 166 accurate passes for Newcastle, 485 accurate passes for Leicester, but we never did anything with it. We were literally like passing, it was like we were playing in the schoolyard, we we're passing across the back and what have you. Yes, we get all these passes, but where was the decisive through ball at the end of it? Well, again, I'll probably have some form of a weird answer for you, I guess, or some form of weird okay, answer for yep. you in the tactic setting because it's at the end of it. But um, I think you've got to give credit to Newcastle first of all. You know, we moan, we moan that when we win a game, that especially when it's against top opposition, that the pundits would rather say how good they were and uh, no, how bad they were, and not how and not always talk about how good we were. But at the end of the day, we also have to remember pundits are, are analysts. It's their job to analyse the game from both sides. Yeah. And I just feel that Newcastle played today, and, and I mean this with the greatest respect, because I'm sure once they you know, come down from their high today of the, of the win, I'm sure they'll, they'll gladly admit that their team is, I mean, John Joe Shelv is a fraud of a footballer. And I yeah. reckon about 80% of their squad is... The reason they were doing so poorly, and B, probably championship quality at best, with the greatest respect. John Joe Shelby, I wouldn't pick him if I had 10 men for a Sunday league side and ask him to run the line because I don't rate him. And that's how little I rate John Joe Shelby as a footballer. He's captain. Apparently, Eddie Howe thinks he's wonderful. Oh, my brain. My brain, that sentence has stirred my brain. I'll I'm saying that, that's, that's not me, sir. That is coming oh. from a Newcastle fan under the, the watch along. No, John Joe Shelby's an absolute fraud of football. I don't understand everybody. I don't understand how he's 
played in the Premiership at all, let alone for how long. But anyway, most of their squad, you'd have, they'd have to admit, is Championship standard. Um, yeah. they've got to, they've, they've obviously brought in some decent calibre of players. I'm not saying they haven't got some calibre of players. And they've probably got a few youngsters there that, that, that have the potential to, to you know, to, to break into the team and become an established Premier League player. But they're not Premiership quality. And they came here today, uh, you know, continuing their mission, which is get as many points as we can, as quick as we can, and guarantee our safety. They put a mm. left man behind the ball, right? And I said this, I said this uh, on a post or on a reply to a tweet or whatever. And I said, Leicester fans, to a degree, rightly, moaned at the start of the season that we were trying this new tactic and this new formation and, and it wasn't working. And Brendan swallowed his pride, put it on the put it on the back burner and went back to plan A. Well, guess what? Today we missed a plan B because when Newcastle were resolute and defending deep, I mean, for literally until they scored that goal, they were in their own half for that second half. They didn't need to come out of it. Uh, they kind of reminded them of, of ourselves in that season in the Premier League, you know, when we were having 30% possession, but then bursting out the blocks and catching the team, team pressing a high line. Um, they kind of tried that without the quality. And you could argue that that team was championship standard for the majority of it. It's not a disagreement. It's, you know, it's just making a comparison. But I just don't think, I think we needed a plan B today. And putting Madison on for Perez, we didn't change the shape. He didn't change no. anything as as the desired effect was. Um, that I, I thought that I thought like if you're going to make a substitution, and Brendan does this quite a lot, doesn't he? He he changes, and yet if a player is playing really badly, or if a player is getting roasted by you know like a defender's being roasted by the winger or something like that, yeah, I get it. But sometimes Roger he makes these changes and. It's just like for like, and yeah. there's nothing tactical in there to sort of then suddenly say to to, to Newcastle, yeah, we're going to do it this way now. Work this yeah. one out, and that's something that maybe again, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but maybe this, uh, you know, pre-season, next season, we'll have a fully fit squad. Players will will return from injury. Um, anybody that's going to go will be out the door early. I won't say his name because I feel like they're just going to use it as an excuse every time his name's mentioned. But if certain players from that first team are gone and we've got our, you know, we've got the likes of Dak and Samore get a full pre-season mm. with the squad and we can work on it over that two-month period or eight-week period or whatever it is, um, during the pre-season, we'll have that ability to work on a plan B more and then we'll be able to change it up. Because like you said, it was like for like, which was understandable. I mean, hmm. had we not got Europe, had we not got a game even probably on a Wednesday, I think Olympic plays the full 90 minutes. I think he was brilliant again. My favourite player. don't know if I tweeted it enough or I tweeted it enough, <laughs> but my favourite player. Who is? Um, I, mean, I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I, you know, again, don't play Wednesday. He probably plays the full 90 minutes. Uh, and then we maybe don't lose that shape. The, the thing is, Two of the subs were more understandable being like for like. Rest Dacker, I don't think he actually had a bad game. He needs to eat his weight bricks and get up to the strength of the English game, sure, but yeah. he knew yeah. that when he got here and he was told that anyway. He's also trying to 
not just do that, but he's learning to come deep and collect ball, which is something he probably wasn't asked to do at Leipzig and, you yeah. know, isn't expected to do against, let's face it, Moscow. Moscow, Newcastle. Yeah. I know Newcastle have been bad this season, but they're a lot higher quality than Moscow. Um, but Madison isn't a winger. You take off the winger, where's the shape? And that's, that's the thing that gets me, Chris. It wasn't like for like for all three subs. It wasn't like you put all Brighton on. For, for Paris, he put Madison on, and I was half expecting a shift in how we would go about it. Maybe go Barnes with, with Ian Acho, maybe play two up front in a, a makeshift two up front in a weird sense, and yeah, and yeah, to yeah. show a bit. That's the thing that baffled me a bit. It wasn't, it wasn't like Madison came on, and like you said, we went, Ah, I know what we're doing here. We're going, mm. You're in Madison, da, 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 and that's how we're going to brilliant. We're going to try and go through the middle. We, yeah. we didn't change anything about the way we did things. We just changed the personnel. And mm. Yeah, I think mean, that's something that needs to be worked on. And maybe it's easier to work on when we've got a fully fit squad and a, and a long time yeah. to work on yeah. you know, next season. I mean, David said there, basically he's agreeing with us. He first of all said... Um, um, I think you know our passes were aimless because we we're just keeping the ball. Yes, agree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and the problem is that Brendan can simply say the team had to. Uh, problem is that Brendan can simply say the team had to recycle and rest players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get that. Uh, and and Scott agrees with you, Brad. Taking Perez off for Madison and hi to to Retro. How the devil are you, sir? Very happy at the moment. I am sure. Um, now, now, probably, I find it hard, and I. I I, I, you know me, right? I'm honest, and I say I've I've never wanted Brendan out. I've always kept been a Brendan in. You know, I think it's stupid to get rid of him, and and it's brainless and the wrong idea, blah blah blah, and all that. But I, I will I will criticise him, and as yeah. you know, I've criticised him with his substitutions as Investigard versus West Ham. But we gave him praise on Wednesday because on Thursday, sorry, because he got the substitutions right. He, he, you know, Alan gave him ten, <laughs> and he's he's a, a very hard to be pleased. So I yeah. feel a bit, yeah. I feel a bit like, cut. I want to cut him some slack if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does make sense, and I think maybe he does uh, deserve a little bit of slack. Again, he's gone six six months without a fully able team to initiate this rotation period because any mm. club in Europe. No matter how many years they've been doing it for, have a twenty. We all have, you know. You know how they say, like, doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. When you die, you get you you're buried the same as anyone else, right? Yeah, no, yeah. no, you know. Well, it's the same when it comes to handling a lot of competitions in, throughout the season. You only have this. You're only allotted the same amount of squad players you're allowed to register. And yeah. Leicester have been one of them clubs, unfortunately, that haven't been, you know, haven't been afforded to have them available week in, week out. You know, a couple of points that were made by fans were, and I think on, on, on Leicester Radio was, Leicester in previous European nights and then playing the league game had probably been forced to play a league game, a European game, and then a league game with minimal changes. And mm. those changes were probably, nine times out of ten, injuries that were enforced changes more than a 
more than a, an allowance to refresh like we have been done over recent weeks. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a bit lenient on Brendan. I'm going to be a bit lenient yeah, yeah. On, on, on the players today in, in terms of not being too critical of it all going a bit peat tongued But it's something that, obviously, you know, fans need to maybe think about as well. What Brendan said, and I know, I know sometimes it's not, it's kind of frowned upon when a manager does this, but I think we do. I think Brendan needs to remind us fans what he's done since he's got it. Yeah, he's yeah, taken yeah. to a, a League Cup semi final. He took us to an FA, he got us into an FA Cup final. He got, he's won us the FA Cup, he's won us the Community Shield. So, English we, Super Cup. Yeah, English Super Cup, yeah. You know, yeah. he's got us to the semi final. Leicester have never been to the semi final on any European front. Yes. Yeah, we got I agree. I agree. And, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And, of course, we sit here now and go, you know, we'll now see why he was making the changes every game he he, he did because yeah. he had to fit the formation around the plays he's got available. But I've got a big question for you, uh, Brad, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask it you straight after this. Two things, guys. Please, please, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, and if you're a Newcastle fan watching in, we do do a lot of non-Leicester uh, City stuff as well, predictions and premonitions. And if you fancy having a bit of how the devil are you or something like that, here's where. So the question is, Brad, last week, if I said to you last Saturday, over the next three games, which are obviously Palace, um, Eindhoven and Newcastle, are those three games you'd get three points and the win that would take you into the semi-finals of the European Cup, but you'd lose against Newcastle. Would you pick my hand off for that? Yeah, yeah, I'd honestly I would have for obvious yeah. reason. A A Leicester achieved. Um, the defeat of getting to a European semi-final, and, and, and B, we we go into that we, we into that game with momentum. I yeah. I'd much rather knowing what I know now have the result we've got. Because if you said to me lose the Palace or lose the Newcastle, and and leave the question mark with the Ironhome result, I would say beat Crystal Palace. Every time, because I believe in momentum. And yeah, people say, well, now you've got Everton. You just and you don't it. like Crystal Palace, as I've seen on yeah, <laughs> a few yeah, of your yeah, tweets. Yeah. And uh, it's not really to do with your, your current uh, love situation. No, yeah. You just don't like them, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. And, I, and again, I know it might sound childish, but you have to remember, I was a child at the time, but I remember <laughs> I, I, I was under that illusion of concept that, you know, Everton, Liverpool, Man United, Manchester, you know, you know, Arsenal, yeah. Chelsea, Leicester, because obviously I know my team was supporting. They sounded like Premiership sides, and then there was Barnsley oh. and Wimbledon uh, and Crystal Palace, and they just looked 
scruffy, I guess. The kit mm. didn't look Premiership quality. And I, I, I can see the, the six-year-old snob in me was coming out when I was applying to him. But they just didn't feel or look like a Premiership top. They didn't feel like they deserved to be in the Premiership. I just didn't like them. They played scruffy, yeah. irritated football. And then they just wound me up. And guess what? Newcastle can have that list now. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Well, talking talking of uh, Crystal Palace, you'll certainly have a, um, a a very nice evening with your lady this evening because Chelsea are beating them two 0 Oh, they're beating them or beating yes, them? Yes, they're beating them. It's over. Oh um, my god! Yeah. god, at least one of us is happy this weekend. Then. <laughs> you get three points again. Uh, who did Brighton? Who did Brighton? What they won, didn't what they? Tottenham. In fact, Tottenham. We beat Tottenham, who we hate. Um, yeah, yeah. And then Newcastle must have watched that game because they yeah. get to us in the second half. What Brighton did to Tottenham in forty in ninety minutes? Yeah. They did not afford yeah. a shot on target. So, exactly. And and, and you know, <laughs> and then Crystal Palace, their dreaded enemies, go and lose in the semi final. Which, to be honest with you guys, I'd sooner us lose, sooner us lose here against Newcastle than have lost in the semi finals of the FA Cup. Be so near as as Scott says there. Yeah, please do like and subscribe. Cheers, Scott. And another FA Cup final for Chelsea to lose. I just can't see Liverpool. You know, I don't know. I don't care who wins that now. I'm just glad it's not going to be Crystal Palace. So <laughs> I'm wanting Crystal Palace. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I mean, if you watch. I nearly, I nearly quit the show. I nearly announced that I, I was nearly going to end with P45. Then I realised you don't pay me, so I stayed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, you see, that's why if I pay you, you've got rights. That's the thing. I know, right? But, Who uh, wants rights these days? I only, I only wanted Palace because they were the underdogs, and I, unlike you, I and I understand. You know, we all hate different clubs for different reasons. You know, and I, I, I wouldn't have minded Palace as the underdogs going on and winning it. Uh, if it had been Forest, obviously, I'd have wanted Chelsea to smash them. So there we yeah. go. But well, anyway, they're open for a cricket score. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. We, yeah, right. So it's that time, Bradley. When we look at the old tactic board, and I tell you what, I've forgotten I've got this. So let's bring it back. At least you're doing one this time. The other week you didn't want to do one. <laughs> no, no, I couldn't really, couldn't really do one on that one. It was a bit of a, a drab one. That that was a PSV one, wasn't it? Yeah. What now this is looking very technical, so I shall let you get on with it and uh, talk us through the game, Mister Shearer. Right. Well, hey, hey, now I'm going to go to you. Right. Well, I, I, I did this through as an analysis point today, and this is my first time doing it with a pad and paper since the board arrived, so bet so bear with me because the board uh, I haven't got anywhere to fix the board. So here we go. First half analysis back to the day coming across the screens. The first half analysis, which is poorly written for me, so I will translate it for you. It's the wing backs and centre backs in the attack. So how did Leicester go about attacking the thing today? Well when they actually got it right and mainly in the first half, as you can see Kagar Soyuncu is the furthest back. I know it's in reverse for you, but I can't draw for that. So it might look like he's further forward, but he's not. We always had, and it was mainly Kagar Soyuncu, the furthest back, centre-back and uh, defender. 
and he would sit very much at the edge of the box and he would spray the ball out to either Justin or Luke Thomas or if we were able to get it forward, he'd go with Amati. It's something we're more familiar with seeing with Evans and Fafana, isn't it? We're normally seeing Fafana making long bursting runs forward and Evans covering the gap. And and what happened was, is, is, is that allowed, that depending on which side the press was, so if it was on the left, you see here that Luke Thomas is more advanced on the board. Um, it would allow Justin to then slowly go forward. Cags and Justin would hold that line on the press. And then what that would mean is if we got caught out and gave the ball away being a bit indecisive, um, we had the cover and was allowed to recover the ball. So what did the, we do in defence? When the defence were a bit more rigid, as you can see, Cagliostro and Amartya are in line with each of us. And the wingers pushed up in, in tandem, keeping that what I'd call a U-shaped defence. So, you know, the midfielders can recover the ball because they know they've got the safety of Amati and Cags holding the defensive line in front of the box. And Justin and Luke could read and in, were intercepting any dangers shown by Newcastle. Uh, so when so that allowed Mendy and Dewsbury Hall and whoever to recover the ball in the midfield and hold form, hold hold firm. So St. Maximum, Almoron and whoever couldn't expose our back line today, which was vital for the majority of the game. Uh, it didn't really actually affect either goal because neither goal came from a direct run in, in terms of having a concentrated back line. So then what did Leicester do? Well, the midfield in defence is the next category we have on. And in defence, we actually kept this rigid formation. Mendy... Mendy was that central defensive role. He was the man that was sitting in front of Kagler, Sonju and, and Daniel Amati. And what you saw it see there, your eyes aren't deceiving you. Adamona Luckman would drop in to make it a three-man midfield. And what would that, what would, that would stop Newcastle do was prevent them exposing a side because Yori would cover the side on the right and Kieran Jewsby Hall, the man, the machine, the myth, the legend, was controlling that midfield area to not allow them to drive. So it restricted Newcastle to making quick breakaways. And we noticed that for most of the game. And it, and it would alternate and switch if Blutman was out of position because Iosi Perez would fill that gap and Yori would circle around to fill up on that side of things. And it's something that I've noticed that Brendan does a lot. You know, whether it's Barnes, whether it's Perez, whether it's Madison or Lutman, the wide players have that responsibility of depending on what side the opposition choose to attack, Depends on which one of them drops back into that midfield to allow Leicester to regain that defensive shape, to allow maybe Amati or Cagliostro or, or uh, to get back into defensive role if they've been caught pushing forward. And with that of Mendy, you have that reassurance of knowing you've got somebody who can keep dropping back and keep dropping back until Leicester got that defensive shape. And then the one thing that Leicester did really well today was the midfield and the attack in 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 a counter and this is when this is how Leicester really tried to go about attacking oppositions today Mendy obviously that defensive line was probably the deepest player we had pushed it forward to halfway line and he had the easy options of Kieran uh, of Kieran Jewsby Hall and Yuri Tillemans just in front of him to, to, to turn uh, defence into attack and when that happened you had Dakar who, as, you're, as has been explained by Brendan, is being taught to do that Vardy-esque role and, 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 and the Inacho role and come deep. And what that allowed the likes of Lutman and, and for the majority of the game, Perez to do, was hold that higher line 
so that Newcastle couldn't flood this midfield area. This area here was where Leicester had a lot of joy in holding on to the ball and passing it. This little triangle area here between Dewsbury Hall, Dakar and Yori was really where Leicester won the game in possession and, and, and passing. Because Perez and Lutman held that high line to a great standard that they did, it meant that they couldn't really push that defensive line up any further for the risk of Yori or Dewsbury Hall playing a, a ball in behind them and Perez and Lutman latching onto it. So that was the difference in effectiveness. If you can see that now, you see how far forward and how high the press is compared to our defensive line that I'll just quickly flip back to. Very rigid, very, very controlled, very, very patient, shall I say, compared to the getting behind, mess with their heads, let's move the ball quick, attacking sense. And then we get on to another segment training ground that pays off now this is very difficult for me to do and i'll zoom in a little bit for you the goal as you can see there you've got perez in the middle it's a very it's very crappy drawn goal don't profess to be an artist but perez started his run from the edge of the six yard box and lutman was late waiting at the edge of the area and what happened was for the move to the goal if i can draw this whilst looking at it upside down i'll be impressed is perez was given that instruction to run to the near post and Lutman was told to lurk in and around that edge of the area to inside the edge of the box. And that's how the goal came along. And it was not too dissimilar to PSB. Obviously, Perez was driving at that six-yard to byline area for that occasion. But from this corner, he was told to make that run, to escape his man, to get in front. And then he paid the most sublime flick I have ever seen from a player, let alone Iosu Perez. Uh, that put that ball into that killer danger area, which you normally see the ball go to in the air for a, for a defender or, or, a, or a tall midfielder to attack. And that gave Lutman the, the opportunity to just drill the ball home, get his head over the ball and hit it hard and low like he did. And deservedly, at that point, gave Leicester the lead. So then, hold on, go to page. So then what happened in the second half? Well, the second half, Leicester didn't really change actually all too much. In fact, defending without the ball is what we actually got to see in the second half because Leicester, when they didn't have the ball, Newcastle didn't really press. But when Newcastle pressed, it's something that you may have noticed that Leicester seemed to approach that deep, um, that deep defensive line in an attempt to spring the trap. And they tried to drag Newcastle out in that second half to go about business a bit differently. Because as you can see here, Actually, technically, forward, forward further, the furthest forward players we had, excuse me, in that defensive outline was probably our quickest outlet, minus Lutman and Dakar, was JJ and, and Luke Thomas. And that allowed for a spring trap to be activated should we win the ball in and around at the edge of our own box. Daniel Amati and Soyuncu take up the role of sitting deeper into the box so it makes it a crowded area. It maybe puts off and prevents anybody picking up the ball from here and having a long-range shot because they were met by Papis Mendy or Yori Tillemans. As you can see there, Papis Mendy, you might not be able to tell with my crappy artwork, but he sat just a little bit deeper because Yori Tillemans, being the playmaker that he, he's naturally supposed to be, was there to pounce on a loose ball, any indecisiveness by Newcastle, and then he would be part of the attack that would catch up with Lutman and Dakar or Ian Acho, and he'd be a part of a three-man press, 
with JJ and and Luke Thomas. It's something that I actually like that Leicester have developed because normally we just have we that they wouldn't exist and these two would be our defenders. They would be Evans or Fafana or Amati and Soyuncu. And given that extra bit of cover and making that our midfield might sound defensive and might sound like it's not very creative going forward and that and Leicester were panicky. But like I said, what it actually allows for is no no clear shot at goal and it allows especially for an easy layoff and it allows the likes of Yuri Tillemans and JJ and Luke Thomas to instantly press that ball out into attack and get Leicester up the pitch immediately and catch up to their front men to, to, to put Newcastle under pressure and catch them out. And that's how Leicester defended today without the ball. But attacking, what have I put here? The triangle of terror. Yeah, very catchy. I know, I call it a great tact- tactical news names. And this was, for the majority of the half until he came off, um, was was brought to you by Luke Thomas, Dewsbury Hall and Adam Ona Luckman. And that was when Leicester won the ball through that midfield press of Mendy and Yuri Tillemans and Dewsbury Hall who would hold the higher of that press, but he was still pressing the midfield of Newcastle. If they won it in the attacking third, they then had the ability to pull Newcastle apart. It could go to Thomas, who, could play, who if he was closed down, could drag him out, drag the player, and then give the ball to Dewsbury Hall, or he could knock it down the line and take that midfield out of the game. And then they could press. They knocked it around this triangle between the three of them, absolutely lovely whether it was to push inside and then Luckman would cut in, or whether it was to go inside, drag two Newcastle players into the zone and then get in behind them quicker by giving the ball out wide to, to Luckman. It, it just works so well. A little bit predictable in the sense that Leicester always, pref- well, majority of the time go down the left and use this tactic, and it's not a tactic they use on the right. Uh, I, I talked about it saying that Justin was more run, diagonally, byline, pull it back, which is fine to have two different tactics, two sides. I do like that. But this triangle of terror worked in an attacking sense. And it worked in the reverse if we were trying to play a bit deeper and catch it. And you may see here that the um, the triangle inverts on itself. You know, Luke Thomas becomes that options where it's played to him. He then maybe feeds the ball to Luteman. Luteman can hold the ball up like Dewsbury Hall gets further up the pitch, or he can play a nice outside-the-football pass to an advancing Luke Thomas to get down the left. And that was where Leicester did try and mix up that sort of predictable triangle of terror on the left-hand side. And that's two ways that Leicester do go about it. It's something that I'd like to see more Harvey Barnes do, because when Harvey Barnes came on, they lost that a little bit. The communication wasn't there. So seeing Leicester do things in a lot of creative ways, and a game that people maybe didn't notice is was very pleasing to see. So, the summary. Well, as any manager probably does, they take a, a tactical note of what's good and what's bad. And for you guys, I've done it in red and green. And as you can see, they look pretty even in the points. But what Leicester got right was they got the high, they high pressed well, especially in that first half. Uh, they kept the shape well and was able to regroup the shape well. Uh, they actually pressed the counter very well. You know, we're talking about that Pap- Papis Mendy, Yuri Tillemans press out from the middle with with Thomas and, and, and Justin. That's that's the counter press that they did really well today. Um, what else have I put? Uh, 
They fought, they kind of forced Newcastle back a bit as well. Newcastle really, anytime they tried to go forward, suddenly realised they only had sent maximum to aim the ball at, and everybody was 20 yards inside their own half for the majority of the game. So they pushed Newcastle back and kind of played on the fact that Newcastle were trying to, to see out the game and hopefully nick the win, which unfortunately they weren't able to do in the end. And one thing they did do, when they were a bit indecisive or got the pass wrong, was their recovery to get the ball back. You know, whether you know whether there was moans that Tillman lost the ball, it was him winning the ball back. If it was Dewsbury Hall, he won the ball back. If it was Lutman, if it was Pappas Mendy, they were always seen trying to work together to recover the ball back. And not just the person who lost it, but the player either side of them would drop back and cover it. Can't hear you, mate. I don't know what's going on. I, I honestly don't know what's going on. Oh, it was your end. Says it all, Anne. The only negatives I'll take from it, someone mentioned about Dakar not looking really like a striker. It's the indecisiveness that we have in that final third. Sometimes I feel that players don't know whether to pass the ball off, make that extra pass, try make, or spread it out wide, or take the chance themselves. And if we can just work that out between the three of us, between the three of them, and I'm talking Perez, Dakar and, and Barnes or Lukeman, whoever it is that's playing in the game, I think we'll become more clinical in that final third. Again, something I stressed for the most of the season, we are too one-sided. I know we have a different approach to the right, but we are too one-sided and a bit predictable. And in the end, what really cost us, we had 400,000 million touches, but we struggled to break down Newcastle. It was a very defensive Newcastle, and they are probably where Leicester have dropped the most points this season when we played a side that has stuck 8, 9, 10, 11 men behind the ball and we don't have the impetus to break them down. If we can eradicate that for next season, with or without European football, I think we're actually in, into, into the future. We're looking at having a very successful season next season. And that, Chris, is basically what I managed to take from everything from today's game and the way Leicester tactically are actually on the right track despite the outcome of today's result. Leicester Till I Die TV, your first choice for everything Leicester City. Tune in and join in now. Indeed, and I think uh, Anthony is sorting his end out as we speak. <laughs> well, he can sort his end out away from the stream. This is a PG show, Anthony. We don't need to know about sorting your end out. <laughs> I'm saying nothing because he always says I pick on him. Uh, so I'm actually saying nothing on this one. Um, <laughs> oh, I got. Let's see what. What? Let's see what. Oh, Scott. Uh, well done, Brad. Uh, you can catch your breath now. I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, very good. Very flip chartish. I was impressed. I've got to say. Um, we'll, we'll we'll end with this one then, uh, Brad. Um, because if I can just find it, man of the match and player ratings. Um, that's that's a bit of a change from the ten and ten that we got midweek. Uh, against Eindhoven, uh, Alan, who does our match uh, match ratings, he's at the match, he's seeing it live, and he's given the ratings uh, straight away after the end of the match. Uh, four for the manager, five for the team, and he's given Kieran Dewsbury Hall the man of the match. Thoughts on that, Brad? You might as well just copy and paste man of the match. From, from going forward <laughs> to the end of the season, Chris, because the lads are always doing it, and I am dead impressed with him. Um, 
I was looking towards giving it Luke Millen until he was taken off. Uh, he obviously Dewsbury Hall played the 90, so I can't argue he's man of the match. And to be fair, we lost the game. It was mm. poor player management. It was not the easiest one for the manager. If I'm going to be nice and, and say, give it even, give them both five, but I'm not going to argue with him because I understand how painful it must be when yeah. you just see the team can see a 96-minute goal and you've got somebody... Messenger saying, how do you do, mate? Can you give me a rating? I'd be going, zeros are all nothing. <laughs> I couldn't do what Alan does and maybe give it a calmer response than what he did. No, no. So, yeah, but fair assessment, folks. At the end of the day, we did lose the game. Uh, yeah. no and in fairness, feel. he sees it a lot different to us yeah. because he's seeing off the ball that we're not seeing. You know, we're saying, oh, you know, he's maybe seeing people sort of making a run that we're not seeing. So, you know, the fact that he's there, it probably does give him a better insight. Ant's yeah. gone for Luckman, as indeed they do here on, on, on the screen. Um, I mean, better, he was phenomenal. And like I said, if, I, if it wasn't for the game on Wednesday, I don't think he comes off. I think he wouldn't no. take the man of the match. Because no. he was um, phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, and like, sign in Brendan. Brendan, if you're watching, you clearly copy my tactics box. So I know you're watching. Sign in Brendan. Sorry. What, sorry. what can I, I say? I, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, man of the match, Soyuncu for Brookline and Perez. There's a surprise. Soyuncu's long passing has been excellent. We have got the old Soyuncu back, I feel. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he's he's coming to it. And I'm so glad because I was I was out in, in pool the other day with my mate and we went for a, a, went for a sort of lunch. And this guy comes up and starts talking to me about Soyuncu. He's, a, he's Turkish. <laughs> I couldn't get rid of him, bless him. But we did have a nice long conversation about Soyuncu. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. I mean, Dewsbury uh, Hall there only got a sort of six point two. But um, you know, Brendan said, "Yeah, Brendan says higher near the end of that game." Yeah, I mean, some of those I think are, are particularly low, but there we go. Mm. Brendan should have had a six. Don't think he did too much wrong. And team six and just the man of the match for me. Let's face it. Let's face it. As as Brad said earlier, if Tillemans takes the, the, whoever the Newcastle player was out, we're looking at 1-1 and we're looking at a completely different outlook yeah. on the match. You know, yeah, we're probably seeing five and sixes and stuff like that instead of talking yes. about. Yeah. You know, you're looking at, you know, a point and, you know, we're no worse off than when we came in. We've still got those gaming hands. It is making Europe in the league, as I said earlier, that little bit harder to attain. But then again, maybe I was, you know, in fantasy yeah. land thinking we could still do it. Um, we've got Roma coming up, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, Brendan, I know I know Neil from beyond the 90s, and I asked him this straight. I said, look, you know, you were very much, and it'd be interesting to see what Ant has to say, because Ant was very much as well, both of them, uh, Brendan out. And in fairness, he held his hands up, did um, did Neil, and say, I'm, I'm 180 degrees, changed my mind now. He Brendan did, in. he did. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, he did. He took it on the chin, didn't he? Um, and, you know... <sighs> If we finish, let's say we finish ninth or tenth, right? Which is probably looking about where we're going to finish. A European Cup semi-final. If we don't get to the final, oh. that has not been a bad season. And yes, I know we dropped down from the Europa to the Conference, but I tell you what, there's fourteen other play. Well, there's actually sixteen other teams 
in the Premier League that wish they were in our position because you've got us and West Ham, Man City and Liverpool all in the semi-finals. Um, yeah. You know, and... Oh, the clock agrees as well, Chris. The clock know. agrees. That shows how long we've been we've been gassing. But, uh, but yeah, we, so there's 16 of the teams that, that must be sat there thinking, God, I wish we were Leicester. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and again, Chris, it might sound... I don't want to sound like an Arsenal fan saying this. Once my clock's finished having its opinion... Okay, just, give, just give me about 10 seconds, mate. There we go. There we go. I might want to sound like an Arsenal fan saying this, because I know they said this last season. We did go on... We, we spoke to a few Arsenal fans and been on a few of their podcasts and, and said this about the start of the season. A fresh squad, an uninjured squad, not playing Villarreal in the friendly, might assist mm-hmm. that as well. A, a chance to regroup a couple of new additions, you know, to strengthen that midfield. Because I, I put out there, I, I'm pretty certain that Brendan's going to want to bulk that attacking-minded midfield. He's going to want to get a potentially your replacement or uh, 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 maybe one or two more names in. Fresh squad, no European football. Obviously, I want us to beat Roma and I want us to go on and then win the thing. Yeah. But, but let's say, worst case scenario, we go and get ninth and we don't. We miss out. We've achieved so much in a short space of time over the last four or five seasons. Yes. Maybe a fully fresh squad and no European football is exactly what we need to go and mm. get. You know that dream that we kind of were hanging on to for two seasons and we didn't quite get into Champions League? Maybe that's yeah. what we need. Maybe we need a squad to stick no. together and be injury-free. And look, 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 look at Arsenal. No, no, you know they, they've not had European football this season. Spurs got kicked out of Europe, and they're both you know, doing re- better than they were last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and still where he was. Uh, um, well, look, I, I mean, every, everybody's opinions, Ant, and I'll give you that. But I, I I've, 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 I've criticised him, but I, I think. We need to stick with the manager. We need, you know, if a new manager comes in, it's, oh, I don't like you, player. I don't like that player. I don't like this player. And oh, bringing more players in, it's going to take another two years to get to where we are now. And what's going to happen for those two years? And if it doesn't, oh. we get rid of another manager, you know. And who would we replace him with? And don't say Graham Potter, but, you know. Or Sean Dyche, with the greatest respect. Or Sean Dyche, please, no. I mean, I think we May I just may I just point out the fact that there's a certain team that Chopper changed their manager that rhymed with Fotford, right? And look what happens to them. Look Ooh. what happens to these teams. I, we said it, this is it Chelsea you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. Spot on. You're right. But they're, well, they're yeah. another one as well, you could argue. <laughs> yeah. they, they haven't fallen away from grace as much as maybe they probably deserve to with the way they rotated out three managers. But still, the point still stands. We both made this point in agreement, didn't we? The only two managers in this division that have been given any amount of remote for time and have rewarded their backing with success in terms of commitment to a club is Jurgen Klopp and Guardiola. Your thoughts on the manager? I'm not the biggest pet fan. I still don't think he's proved he can do it at a, at a level that isn't already pre-made. Doesn't matter. The thing is, they've stuck by him. They've given them the faith. They've given them the money. And it's brought them success. Yes. Brendan's done that to a point so far. And I tell you what, if he's still here in five years' time and we've got a, and we've got a Carabao Cup 
in the cabinet and we've got a a Champions League group group, you know, and we're finishing in European spots. I'm all for Brendan being there for another five, six years, if yeah. that's the way he's going to go about it. So don't don't, you know, because you might end up just regretting what, what you get rid of at some point. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, we, didn't, I know he... we didn't have the control with the O'Neill, but I know O'Neill wanted to leave because he felt he'd done all he could. Yeah. But at least allow Brendan to do that. And can we have the same weeks? Can we have another can we have an extended but O'Neill with Brendan and he does another four or five seasons, brings years of success, and then goes, Okay, somebody else needs to take you further. I can no longer do that. I'd, I'd rather go like that than us just going, Oh, well, we had a bad four months out and go, who's next? Because it don't work like that. Yeah. You're very right yeah. with what you said, mate. Yeah. Mate, thank you so much. Um, I'm now going to go and, and be all smiles on the Newcastle uh, channel <laughs> and try oh, like yeah. I'm really yeah. happy. So, so think of me. Um, we'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, oh, are you with us on Wednesday? I know you got one missing. Soon, Wednesday, you? I'm not with you because I uh, I am actually attending. Uh, oh yeah, no, Brad. I've got you down here. No, Brad, for the match. Um, yeah. So uh, have a yeah. extremely good time. I'm sure yeah. you will in that empty, empty stadium. And, uh, I'll be in the fullest stand of that stadium. I can tell you that much, mate. <laughs> which, which, well, of course, yes, you will be. Uh, you'll, you'll be, you'll be an honorary seagull for the day. I'm sure, mate. Yeah, thanks with, very much. With, with, with my good ear, listen out on the tannoy for the Everton Leicester scoreline. I'll be. <laughs> yeah. And happy Easter to you as well. Unfortunately, uh, Jesus may have, but Brad didn't rise again to uh, to get us three points today. But you know, never mind, never mind. Um, and Scott says, How dare you miss the show? Well, I think if it's talking to us a lot or being with Chloe. You can't blame him, really, can you? Yeah. Brad, have a good weekend, mate, and have a good match. I would, and, mate. And I can't I'll... imagine the Etihad would like me doing a tactic board in the middle <laughs> of their stadium. Yeah. I'll see you on Tuesday for the prediction show, of course. Yes, you will. Yes, yes. you will. That we have done very, very bad in this week, but let's not, yes. let's not mention that. But very true. But you can already pencil me in for a draw for the Brighton game because it's working. That's all I'm saying, mate. That's all I'm saying. It's working. <laughs> all right, mate. Take care. Thanks very much. Take care, mate. Cheers. Oh, he talks himself out. I've been your host. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, though, I didn't know how to react, mate. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> at least, I, at least, I kept myself in the show. I just took it out. <laughs> you know, I stayed in the studio. Yeah. They say this is a real show. <laughs> All the best, mate. Take All care. The best. Well, I, I can just say, actually, I just did that for Chloe. Oh, all right. You're a gem. You're a gem. It's not true what they say about you. <laughs> Take care, mate. Have a good one. Take care, mate. Cheers. Uh, press the right button this time. Honestly, it's bit, if you watch the watch along, you will know what it's like. Um, Rainy Toon Talk, looking forward to you jumping on my toes. Appreciate it, Chris. Yeah, I'll be there, 7.45. I'll put a smile on my face. Do my best, too. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have a, I'll have a quick beer before then. Maybe steer myself up, guys. Thanks very much for watching. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Thanks to Scott for moderating. Uh, Newcastle or Leicester fan, 
Thanks for that. Thanks for taking part. Do you know what? It, it probably the fairest result would have been a draw, but um, you know Newcastle they've had it bad for a few years. They've 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 got the new owners in, which is fine. We've all got new owners. We've all got money. It's just different amounts of money. Um, they've stayed up. They stayed up, and um, that's you know good luck to them with that, and good luck to them next season. Um, we'll just we'll just it's our turn to win next year. It seems to be going like that. So I will see you 7.45, owner on Rainy Toon Talks channel. And then I will be back tomorrow with the opposition show where uh, I've got Brad, uh, another, another, not this Brad, no, not this Brad, another Brad on uh, from a Newcastle channel. I feel like I'm on a, I'm an honorary magpie. I've been on that many <laughs> Newcastle channels. And then uh, that's at seven tomorrow. And at nine o'clock, it is the football review show with Lou. Take care, everybody. Thanks very much. Wasn't exactly what we wanted, but you know what? It's kind of season over, really. Let's concentrate on Europe. Let's bring that Europa Conference home. Let's make the first name on that new European trophy, say, Leicester City. Wouldn't that be good? I think so. Stay safe, guys. Have a good Easter, and I'll see you all tomorrow. Bye-bye now. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye, and see you next time. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.